0: Well,
1: let's say it. The Word of God.
0: The Word of God is truth. Is truth. If
1: I live the Word, if I live, I will be blessed. But if I don't,
0: but if I don't, I won't. I won't.
1: It's just that simple. It's just. Tell your neighbors you're seated. It is just that simple. You believe that, honey? You believe it's just that simple? Yes, I do. What do you want to say about the message? We talked about it. This afternoon. Yes. What do you want to say about it?
0: Um, well, I want—I asked Jen to go get this because today, as I was praying, I just uh, felt—you know—we um, were going to share on deception tonight and next week, but felt to do that on Sunday. So Sunday we'll be talking about deception. Um, the deception that's in the world is being experienced by the world, but it's also being experienced by the church. And so we're going to talk about that. But as I was praying about that, um, and then my husband had given me this series that we were going to do at night on Wednesdays, Um, everybody say, living the word of God. Um, You know, the word uh, is the number one priority in our lives. If we don't know the word, you know, the word was made flesh, that would be Jesus. If we don't know the word of God, we have nothing really as an anchor for us to hold on to. In the seasons that we go through, and this is what I heard. If people meditate the word, they will increase in faith in God. They will gain wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. They will increase in hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The truth will drive out doubt and unbelief. Love will drive out fear. There will be no need for telling people what they should not do because the desire for the things of God will be so great they will... Love they will leave the world behind, they will be ruled internally for good because the word works. submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's two different scriptures um, that when when we begin to develop a love for the world for the word of God, we lose our desire for the things of the world, then we don't need all these messages of it would be better if you didn't do this or you shouldn't do that how many of you know church sometimes is the church of should nots instead of the shoulds but you know when you when you begin to impart the should do and what the word of god shows us to do and you develop a love everybody say a love and a hunger the bible says for the word of god then the word of god just drives out all those things that before would entice you so you leave the word the world for the word you you leave the the world because the word is working and so this series I believe is really true for the things that we today have to decide what's truth and what's not truth Uh, what's really uh, going to affect our lives in a positive way and what is just a, a seducing of the world that looks positive but it's not
1: and the world is definitely going the wrong direction. Wouldn't you say yes to that? Yes. If you have your Bibles, you can look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. But we're going to be talking about today about meditating the Word of God and how important it is. It's our most important priority. Tell your neighbor, it's your most important priority.
0: Most important priority. What you
1: continually meditate, you will gravitate toward. good bad are indifferent and we've got to understand how important the word of god is the word is what brings change it's what renews our mind it's what changes the spiritual atmosphere it's what brings the power of god onto the scene and therefore We live in a country with so many distractions. Wouldn't you all say we have a lot of distractions? We have the Internet, which can be a positive or a negative. We have radio, television. We have all sorts of technological advances that steal our time. We have all sorts of media that take our attention. And if you're not careful, you can take the Word of God and you can sit it on the shelf and not live the Word. It is the living of the Word that brings forth the power of God into our lives. I, shall, I read something funny just before I came in here. Can I insert it? Oh, it has sure. nothing to do with the Word of God. but Well, yes, it does. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And joy, laughter, and cheerfulness, and lightness like that releases endorphins in our brain, which actually brings healing like opiates into all of the nerve endings of our body. So the more you laugh, the better you feel about yourself. Did you know that? turn to your neighbor and say, I've just diagnosed you. <laughs> it was really it was really cute. This little eight-year-old boy was playing on the playground, and he broke his arm. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor said it and had a little cast on there and put a cast on there. And the little boy said, Doctor, when I, uh, uh, I'm healed back up, will I be able to play the drums? And the doctor said, Yes, yes, no restrictions. He said, Good. The little boy said, Good. I've always wanted to play the drums. <laughs> that didn't go over very big.
0: Well, I'm meditating.
1: You med- Oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> all right. How many of you guys like Bill O'Brien got it? How many of you guys trying to still figure it out? That's all right. Don't be honest. How many of you trying to still figure out what I just said? I don't. Okay. Know. It looks like the majority of you. I may have said it. I may have said it wrong.
0: Well, now I heard a funny one. Do you want to hear that? Well, it's not
1: going to be funny when I tell it all over oh, again. Oh, you're going to tell it again? Okay. Yeah, go but ahead. then you can do. The little boy didn't know how to play the drums, but he broke his arm. And he said, will I be able to play the drums when I'm healed? Oh. And the doctor said yes. And he said, good. I've always wanted to play the drums.
0: Oh, I Just it. laugh and the heck of it. I must have missed something. To, okay. I missed it. I, just yeah, I missed know something. you did. I did miss it. I must have missed a word. But, in but,
1: but I must have not said it right because I thought it was hilarious. Did you get it, Bill?
0: <laughs> I heard this one. There was a Russian and an American and a blonde, and they were all talking. I can tell these because I got, see this blonde? It's fake, but it's in there anyway. Um, and so the Russians said, he was so proud. He said, we were the first ones into outer space. And the Americans said, well, I mean, we can do better. We were the first ones on the moon. And the blonde said, well, that's nothing. We're going to be the first ones on the sun. They looked at her and said, you, you can't go on the sun. The sun's so hot, it'll burn you up. She said, well, did you think we didn't know that? We're going at night. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Connie Brown, she hadn't done it for ages, but she used to send me uh,
0: blonde jokes.
1: Blonde jokes. Oh my goodness! Some of them I couldn't tell because we had a few blondes. So.
0: <laughs>
1: but if you look at Joshua chapter one, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this message, honey, and then you jump in there anywhere you want. But but when when Joshua was promoted, you talked a little bit about it Sunday about Joshua, and when he was promoted, he had been an assistant to Moses. And when he was promoted, he was encouraged by God that if you will meditate my word day and night, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Don't ever be dismayed or discouraged about anything that you see. Everything that Joshua would do would be based on the word of God, and then he would succeed because it was God's will. Now, this really hits close to home for all of us. Whatever you do that God has called you to do, you will succeed if it's what God wants you to do. You will have obstacles, you will have challenges, but you will accomplish God's vision and task if you will stand upon the Word of God. And you might ask, I'm sure, I'm glad you asked this, how do I know that? Because from the beginning of this Bible until the end of this Bible, there is nothing in here where there was ever a defeat when the children of God, the people of God, did what God told them to do. There was always victory after victory after victory. And I believe that's why God told us, thanks in in Corinthians. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus and that we are to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, no matter what it looks like.
0: You know, the Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, that we're to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, if we haven't read the word of God, how do we know what he's saying? Now, we have the benefit of the Holy Spirit in addition to the written word where we can hear the word for today, the immediate word. And because we have the book, we can go and look up the promises that go with that word. And so we're really in a position where we're strong because it's not just what we heard in our spirit. The word of God backs it up. And so the word is truth. It it cannot be a lie because God is not a liar. There is a liar. That would be the devil. He's the one that lies. But it says that God cannot lie. And he is the one who says, this is truth. And the words you hear, they'll line up with the word of God. And when you live that word, then we become successful in that word because we're living the word. And the word is alive. Everybody say, the word is alive. The word is alive. It, You know, when you get the word in your heart, it begins to change who you are. Uh, you know, if you say over and over, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I can do all things. If you say that over and over and you take like, like you would take a, a pill, and you begin to put that in your life, that word will begin to work from the inside of you. And there'll come a day when you will say, I can do that. And then you'll wonder, well, I never would have said that before. But the word worked. Everybody say the word worked. And now you can do that because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.
1: So what do you say to the people that are here tonight and they have stood on the word of God, they know what God told them, they know what the written word says, and they still haven't seen the breakthrough?
0: Keep standing. Because God will not lie. If it's the truth of the word, it will come to pass. We may not see it, and it may seem like, God, did you forget? God does not forget.
1: I have a good scripture for that. What's that? Weevils wobble, but they don't fall down.
0: Oh, okay. There's Do you a remember one. that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? What number is that?
1: I don't know. <clears throat> now, let me take this a step further with Joshua. Joshua is one of my favorite people next to Jesus in the entire Bible. He was an awesome man of God. He led. His people followed him. He went from slavery and all sorts of horrible situations to an understudy for Moses. And then finally, uh, eventually, uh, they wanted to stone him along with Caleb and everybody else that, that that wanted to go into the promised land, or at least the three of them. But 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 he stood, and the people loved him and elevated him and eventually followed him anywhere. and. And when he when he was getting ready to go into the promised land, when God said, Joshua, it's time. Tell your neighbor, it's time. It's time. Getting ready to go into the promised land he sought god we are led to believe based on scripture that joshua sought god in everything that he did his word now remember joshua didn't have the book of joshua to read joshua didn't have the written word like we have it today he had to be face to face with god in the spirit talking to god hearing from god and standing upon god's word and when it was time to go into jericho when he spoke with god and they were one-on-one god told him exactly how to attack jericho exactly what to do it would confound any military man anywhere as to how jericho fell and we're not here to talk about that but we are here to say that joshua did exactly what god told him to do at jericho and the victory was theirs it'll happen every time if we align ourselves with the Word of God and what did God say? And out of Jericho, it was a tremendous victory, and the Word of God said the reputation of God and the glory of God spread all through that land, and all of the people that were not part of God and part of the the, 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 the people coming in there, that they were fearful, they were fearful. And then it was time for the second battle. Let me see the hands of all the people. You have experienced tremendous victories in your life. For the glory of God. Can I see your hands? Let me see the hands of the people that right after you experienced those victories, you went into something all over again that looked like hell on earth. Can I see all of your hands? Does it seem to you like there's a continual cycle? One battle after the other after the other. The devil hates it when you live the word of God. If you would promise the devil you'll not live the Word of God, he'll probably let you sit in a corner somewhere and leave you alone for the rest of your life. You're not going to have much of a reward when you get to heaven. You're not going to be happy on this earth, but you start living the Word of God, and you are going to get the attention of the devil. And he's going to start sniffing out and say, this person is dangerous, and he's going to start to attack. But honey, that, that's, it, it's in all of our lives. This is a cycle. It's just preparing us for the next one. God's not bringing tribulation your way. He's not bringing challenges your way. That's the devil coming against you because he knows you're becoming more and more dangerous to do the will of God. So Joshua is doing really great. We talked about this. Joshua chapter 7, he's getting ready to go into battle in the battle of Ai. And in in the first part of going against Jericho, he had the plan of God. When he was reaching into what we call Joshua chapter 7 he sent out some spies again he had learned that from Moses nothing wrong so far everybody say nothing wrong so far that's what you blow isn't it so far anyway so far. yeah so far anyway <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just tickling. My, they're not laughing at me night so i'm laughing myself <laughs> okay. i'm happy okay. so anyway uh, so anyway uh, so far so good yeah. so so any but anyway when they came back They said something in Joshua chapter 7, and you can read that chapter later. It's so important. They came back, and they told Joshua what he needed to do in the battle. Have you ever had well-intended people tell you what you should do? Can I see the hands of all those people? How how many of you have ever followed somebody else into battle only to find out you were in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing? They they might have been well-intended. But they weren't giving you the Word of God. And he did what the people said. They said, hey, listen, AI is a piece of cake. I'm paraphrasing all of this. AI is a piece of cake. It's no big deal. We can go up there. Let's take about 3,000 people. Let's not worry the rest of our people. Let's go up and it would just be a, a real quick affair. You know the story.
0: Yes.
1: What happened?
0: They were defeated.
1: They were defeated. Mm-hmm. Now, let me give you a quiz. We didn't talk about this today. Why were they defeated?
0: Because they didn't seek God first.
1: That's right. And they didn't have?
0: The word from the Lord.
1: Very good. I'm giving you an A+. He
0: preaches to me at home a lot, so I know the answer. I'm going
1: to rub one of your feet tonight, and then the second one I'll rub if you get the rest of it right. Okay. Now, every single one of us. (laughs) I can do this. Every single one of us have gone off, the world calls it half-cocked. Have you ever heard that expression? Yeah, it's just half-cocked. In other words, he didn't know exactly what he was doing. There isn't a single one of us haven't done that. If you don't have the Word of God, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You should be seeking God's Word, and He'll show you what to do regarding every area of your life. And they were soundly defeated. And when they came back, Joshua cried out to God and basically said, why have you let this happen? And, And God said, there's sin in the camp. Do you know there is sin in the world today, just like there has always been from the fall, but it is being accepted. Now, in the world, it's always been accepted, but now it's being accepted in America. It's being accepted in Israel. I had a conversation with a rabbi recently. I cannot believe some of the things that are happening in Israel, the light of the world, America, the light of the world, Israel, Jerusalem, the center of God's world. And the things that are going on in both nations, they are sin. And what caused Joshua to lose the battle of Ai was not just that he didn't have God's plan. There was sin in the camp. Achan had taken things that he shouldn't have taken. He'd hid them. Joshua didn't know about it. But once he heard about it and once God showed him, he dealt with the situation and the second battle of AI was taken care of. But here's what happened to Joshua. This is his problem. He did not seek God's will for the first battle of AI. And he didn't. if, If he had asked God, God, are we ready to go up and battle the people in AI? What is your plan? I believe with all of my heart this is what God would have said. You've got sin in the camp, Joshua. You don't know it, but you've got sin in the camp. You gave me, you gave the people the instructions I told you to give them, but they violated them. Achan and his family violated them. They took the gold, they took the silver, they took some of the garments, and now you've got sin in your camp. You are not ready for the battle you're getting ready to face because there's sin in the camp. My anointing won't be there. You got to deal with it. You got to get rid of it, and then we move on. We have not only sin in America that's being accepted, we have sin in a lot of churches. And there's something going on. Honey, you help me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, because sometimes you tell me I get a little bit off. Not you? off. Not off. What'd Just radical. Yeah, radical. Okay. I don't know how to explain this, so turn to your neighbor and tell him we're miss- going to give him a little slack. I believe in the message of grace God's unmerited favor. We live in a dispensation of grace. Grace does not negate calling sin sin. Grace did not do away with sin. Jesus did away with sin. And when he comes into our heart, we are forgiven of our sin, but we are not allowed to continue a life of sin. Does that make does that make sense to everybody? Can you raise your hand if it makes sense to you? Raise your hand anyway, and then I'll feel like I'm doing something. Okay. In other words, if you got sin in the camp, if you don't get rid of the sin, it's going to restrict you from being what God's called you to do. And, honey, there are mainline denominational churches now. The bottom line, the challenge was not so much the sin, although it is the sin. It's that they've deviated and walked away from living the Word of God, and they're not living the Word.
0: You know, I saw this week where the Methodist Church was getting ready to have their annual um, meeting. And uh, one of the things that was going to be discussed was transgender and the bathroom situation that's going on right now. And the pressure that was going to be on them to accept those kind of things as okay. You know, we accept people, but we don't accept sin. Can I say that again? We accept all people, no matter where they're at in their life. I mean, you know, we, we all have had opportunities to miss it in our lives. So we accept everybody, but we do not accept that sin is okay. We we think that God created everybody to be okay because he didn't make imperfect things. But but he's not the one that's saying it's okay to do those things. It's the world in their, uh, using their mind and coming up uh, with reasoning so that we don't offend anybody or hurt anybody. Well, the one I don't want to offend is the Lord. And so when you make that decision and it has to be a choice, a decision, then that all automatically causes you to say, these things are sin. Now, does that mean you hope people go to hell? No. Are you saying you're going to hell because you sin? I'm saying the word of God tells you what sin is. So you have to make that choice with God if you're going to let that affect your life. I'm I'm going to have a book on Sunday available for everybody called Avoiding Deception. And uh, Pastor Sharon Doherty that I've traveled with and that's uh, she's now uh, not the pastor of the church in Tulsa, but she's there and teaches and, and a part of the ministry there. Uh, in 1990, she said at like 2.37 or 2.47 in the morning, the Lord woke her up This was 1990 and said the people in the church were going to be deceived, not just the world, but in the church, all people would be subject to a deception that was coming. And for the body of Christ, the number one thing that they would let go of is the word. They would let go of the word, their interest for the word, their commitment to the word would go. And she named three other things, which we'll talk about on Sunday. But when those things happen, it gives an opening for the enemy. It makes a place. You know, Jesus said when the devil comes, John 14, like, I don't know, maybe 30, it says, uh, when the enemy comes for me, he will find no place. What was he saying? There's no breakdown in me Because it even says in Hebrews 4 that he was tempted in all ways, but he did not sin. And so he said, there's no place in me that's vulnerable. Everybody say vulnerable. And we all have vulnerable places because we all, we live in this world. We all have needs. We have situations and circumstances. And so when we let down on the word and what is letting down on the word, not seeking God for what we're to do right now in the situation. And I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. You get in a hurry and you don't. Ask, you know, you just make a decision. Doesn't the enemy always put pressure to say, Make it now, hurry up, there's not time to think about this? That's never the Lord. You know, sheep are led by a shepherd, but you drive cattle. And somebody told me a long time ago, If you're not led, then don't do it. If you're driven, stop, because that's the enemy. And so I feel like our whole nation is being driven. Uh, driven by not people but the antichrist spirit that is now attached to people that's promoting these things only a few people in the whole united states believe the way that the rules are being changed to accommodate isn't that strange you know the percentage of people who don't believe that but what what are those people doing are they standing on their what they think is right or wrong are they standing on the word the word of god has power to change things
1: when you stand on the word of god you're standing on the power of god and when you have whether it be a nation or church or whatever that starts to deviate from the word of god we're going to talk about this later but the devil is 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 good at what he does everybody everybody says the devil is good at what he does he's an expert and and he knows how to come in and divide he's always after the word and we're going to talk about that later the book of Mark, uh, uh, next, uh, uh, next Wednesday. But, but in the garden, w- when, when, when the devil came, the first thing he did, it wasn't a question of whether he came for Eve or he came for Adam. He came for mankind. He came for God's image, for God's creation. He didn't want them to rule on this earth. And God said that we're going to make man in our image to rule on this earth over every single thing that is there. Had rulership over the devil. Over the devil we've always had that rulership now it's been replaced to us since the fall through jesus but back in before the fall we had that and when the devil came he said did god really say he questions the word of god and then he contradicted the word of god to eve first a question everybody say first a question
0: first a question
1: then a contradiction.
0: Then a contradiction. He's
1: coming to contradict, but he doesn't come quickly to contradict it because you have too much word in you. He'll say, Well, is it really that wrong to have another restroom? And this message is not about the restrooms for whoever wants. To. Can you imagine being 15 years old in high school and saying you can use any gym? shower you want can you imagine a high testosterone 15 year old boy saying today i think i identify with the girls glory to god i know it sounds silly i know it sounds silly but i know some of the guy <laughs> it is it is asinine i called target i think i shared this maybe i called target and i said look you know a pastor church i just want to know could you explain to me your policy uh am i correct in in assuming that from now on on target any man can go into the women's restroom. Any woman can go into the men's restroom and, and, and hang out and do whatever. And they said, yes, we don't particularly want them to hang out. But, yes, they can use any restroom. They feel led based on whatever they think their gender is for that moment. And, uh, and I said, okay, can you tell me what your reasoning is for that? And they said, we just want to be a kind to everyone. Where does it say that? in the Word of God, that you can compromise morals so that people don't feel... That's what they said. We want to be kind, and we don't want anyone to feel bad about themselves. I don't know why, but how many of you have something that just sends you into a rage? Whenever I hear this, I don't want anybody ever to feel bad about themselves. I just get a feeling of what? What? They're getting ready to commit sin, that possibly walk away from their salvation, destroy their family because of this idiotic ruling and the stupid people that live in our Supreme Court and the people that do and say the things that they do, and you don't want me to offend them. I'll show you offense. I mean, jeez. Where is the common sense in this nation? And you know what? <laughs> that's, I, my, that's my every evening when he watches I Channel 52. Love, I love Target popcorn. <laughs> I told him, I said, well, I won't be back. But gee whiz, I would like some of that Target popcorn. <laughs> uh, well, I'm stopping eating it. But, I mean, have you wondered where the common sense went? I mean, let's, let's just forget the Bible for just a moment. Not that we should. Where's the common sense? Where are the people the devil has come in like that proverbial roaring lion, and he has deceived people? I've had conversations with people, and it's like, is there anybody at home up there in your brain? (laughs) You you may not know the Word of God, but you are really stupid (laughs) because you don't understand common sense. Why would you want something like this? I don't want anybody ever to feel bad about themselves. Oh, God. Gosh, give me a break! We live in a world where enablers are coming to the forefront, and they should all be.
0: The problem is, <laughs> like I said, take your liberty with the editing tonight, Megan. Um, <clears throat> this, this this is the truth of this. This is the this is the sad truth. What the what the government and what people have done is give people the license to stay in bondage when there's a God who sent his son to deliver people from that, to set people free, to say, you do not have to live like that. You can be free. They're deceived. Everybody say deceived. Deception does not like reasoning. Deception no longer has a common sense type of thought. Some their conscience is so seared they can't even understand what we're saying. And so that's why we have the word. We have the power of God and the word of God to stop what the devil is doing and take authority over it. We may not be able to say it to the people right at that moment. Like my husband, you know, we, we, if we're told to, we can. But I want to tell you, when you get ready to take on a demon, you better be sure you know who you are. So you need to be prepared for what you're going to receive because you're not talking to someone who is rational. You're not talking to someone who has any idea what you're talking about. They're like this. They, it, they're blinded. And, but the word of God in prayer, the word of God, knowing the word of God, speaking the word of God, making decisions in your household about the word of God, that is what's going to change this.
1: Okay, I'm back to normal now. Good. I, it, when, when the devil came. Good thing
0: you don't turn green like the hawk. I'd be scared. The what? Like the Hulk. Remember when he'd get mad about something, he'd just get bigger and bigger and greener.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, (laughs) I think a lot of the root of this is the Word of God is the truth of the will of God. Yes. And it's the power. And the devil hates the Word. So when the devil came to Eve... Why he picked Eve, we don't know. Adam might have been sleeping, whatever. But, but he came to Eve, and, and, and he asked a question. And then she began to dialogue with the devil contrary to the word of God. We all do that sometimes in our mind. We start to reason. As you, That's what happened when you just said that. It triggered that in me. Eve then heard the devil say, no, if you partake of this fruit, it'll just make you like God it's it's not that big deal and you won't die now when he said you won't die that directly contradicted the word of god because god said when you partake of that fruit you will die meaning a spiritual death, the spirit of man. And that's exactly what happened. And so, therefore, the devil is walking about now as this roaring lion saying, well, why don't we do this or why don't we do that? Or let's let's just not make anybody uncomfortable feeling like they have to live the word of God. You shouldn't tell people they have to accept Jesus. You shouldn't tell them that they have. That will make them feel bad if they don't. Well, it'll allow them to go hell if they don't. When they die, do you want that on your conscience? I don't want it on mine. And in the book of Isaiah, I think it's chapter 20. We have it there somewhere. It, Isaiah is talking about how it's, it's not just necessarily the end times, but it's talking about what will happen. As Isaiah 520, woe to those. Woe means <laughs> the punishment of God. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That is exactly what we're finding right now. You could say that woe to those who say that the Word of God is not prevalent today and meaning today what it meant back then. The Word of God doesn't change. And in the book of Hebrews, honey, uh, it's chapter 3 and chapter 4, and we're not going to go through all those chapters, but but uh, basically it talks about how the people of God would not take the Word of God and enter into His rest. In other words, we've heard this preached for years by different people. We've even preached it. If the Word of God says it, that settles it, and the is settled. Whatever the Word of God says, we enter into rest believing that that Word and God are synonymous. His word is his bond, and his bond is his word, and whatever the word of God says, we believe. Adam said it, uh, in, or not Adam, um, Abraham in, in uh, I think it's Romans 4.20, that whatever God said, he was well able to do. Uh, we, we get to the point in our life when we say, the word, this is what the word of God said, this is what God told me, therefore that's what I believe, that's what I'm standing on.
0: Yeah. You know, if if you don't know the word, you will not be standing. It's that simple. Uh, if you don't have the word hidden in your heart, uh, then you're going to be a candidate to sin because you don't have uh, anything that says this is right or wrong because the world no longer has a right or wrong as far as even consequences. Everybody gets to do what they want to do. And when that kind of a thought process starts it's the beginning of destruction not because people are going to be upset with people but because the the whole premise of how the world is created by god when you allow evil to take over then there will be destruction that's right it's just that simple if god's involved then there's hope for your future yeah there's there's evidence you know your faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And so the only way we're going to be able to do what God has called us to do in the earth is to have the word of God as a priority in our lives. If the word of God is the priority, now you don't have to have the Bible memorized. I mean, just get a few scriptures and begin to use them. It says that if you're a doer of the word, not just a hearer, but a doer, you won't deceive yourself. And so we want to be in that position where that word is so ingrained in us that when we go to the work, maybe, and they say, you don't have a job anymore, you don't go, my life is over. I I know a person who, when their husband died, said, he was my rock. Well, I'll tell you who's my rock. Jesus. And my house is built upon that rock. And that woman's life fell apart because it was true. Jesus wasn't the rock. Her husband was the rock. Now, you know... Um, this is a rock right here, but this rock could fall down. He's not going to, but he could. So my hope is not in him. What if he, what if he fails? Then where am I going to go? Well, I got to be able to help him up. I can't say, well, look at you, you fell over. I'm going to find me another rock. (laughs) I have to be there to help him up. So my rock has to be in God and not in the people that surround me. Thank God, you know, for everybody who surrounds me and people who pray for me. But my rock, everything that holds me together is Jesus. And upon that rock, I build my house. And, and I believe that's what God is saying to us. You know, there's a house being built in this nation. There's a house being built even in the schools. There's a house being built everywhere right now. And this house has lots of holes in it. But the house that the church is built on is supposed to be on a firm foundation, and the church has got to get this thing right and get this foundation fixed, or else the, ha- the church will be like the world, and our house will be on sand, and then we won't be able to stand.
1: It's returning to the Word of God. Do we need to pray yes. now, honey? <clears throat> yep. uh, pardon? Pardon?
0: Yeah, whenever yeah. you're ready. we can Yeah,
1: what, why don't we pray right now? Uh, the Word of God says we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I want us to pray for uh, Lacey. Come on down here with Tegan. And, uh, honey, you can give the details here.
0: I'll, I'll let Lacey do it. She's She knows more than me. We're going to pray for Tegan. She's going to Riley Hospital tomorrow. And uh, she is healed by the stripes of Jesus, by the way, full of the Word, because <laughs> she's a part of her mom and Tim, you want to just tell us what we're going to need to stand for? I can. Okay. I can a little bit. She has a, a kidney that her is... Left defo- kidney. Her left kidney is not formed exactly the way it should be. Uh, in, in that part of your body, there's kidney, ureters, bladder. And in that whole area, there's something that's not functioning the way it should. Let's just say that. Uh, Jen, you want to come up with me? Jen takes care of her. And uh, so we're believing... That when she goes tomorrow, the doctors will have wisdom. We're, we're standing that she's healed. But we believe in medicine and prayer. I mean, we're not, like, going to throw the doctors out. We're going to believe that God is going to use this to bring glory to his ability to heal this little girl. And if there is something that's working here to bring destruction, we command it to stop in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for Tegan. We pray over this kidney in Jesus' name. We thank you for Tegan. We thank you that she's whole and complete because that's the way you made her. We bind fear and we speak peace over this whole family in Jesus' name. We thank you that, that this little baby is full of the joy of the Lord. And tomorrow, whatever is done, it will be peaceful and it will not produce fear in her heart or her mind. I thank you, Lord, that the peace of God will settle over her. We declare healing over her kidney, over those ureters, over that bladder, any nerves that are involved in this, in the spine, in Jesus' name. We call them to function the way they're supposed to, to cause that part of her body to function properly. And we do not receive any other report in Jesus' name. Now I pray for Lacey and I pray for Tim. I thank you, Father, for Lacey's medical knowledge. And I thank you, Lord, that you've trained her. In that area, but I bind the devil from using that knowledge to cause her to feel like this attack is something that there's not going to be any recourse for. In Jesus' name, this child is healed. In Jesus' name. And Lacey and Tim, I pray peace over them. I thank you, Lord, that you will strengthen them tomorrow while they wait and they go through the testings and meet with the doctors. In Jesus' name, we are believing the report of the Lord. We are going to see what we need to be standing against and standing for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: If you need healing in your body, why don't you just stand?
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Anyone at all here, you need healing in your body tonight? Yeah. Anybody else? One, two. Thank uh, you, Jesus. Thelma? Okay, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Okay. All right. Now, those of you that are around these that are standing, right. let's reach, stand up there with them. Reach your hands out there. Father, we stand yep. Yep. upon we stand your word. You right yes. And everywhere you, Jesus. that Please Jesus went, you. he healed all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus, Sickness and disease Jesus. was not part of the covenant in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, the Abrahamic covenant. our our covenant and we bind sickness and disease, the oppression of the devil, and we lose the healing power of of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the covenant that you've given us by the blood of your son. And we speak healing into every body, healing into every organ, healing into every mind. We thank you for medicine. We thank you for diagnosis that doctors give to the best of their ability. But, Lord, we thank you for the great physician. We thank you that everywhere that Jesus went, he healed the sick. When the woman with the issue of blood heard of the reputation of the Son of God, that he was in the area healing, she knew if she could touch the hem of that garment, she would be healed. We speak healing into every single person at this moment in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And
0: we pray for Jeff tonight. We command that blood clot to not move in Jesus' name. You cannot move in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for thinning of that blood in Jesus' name. And we command that clot to go in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for healing right now where he is. We pray that over Jeff right now in Jesus' name. The healing power of Jesus, the anointing of God, where he wherever he is, is he in the hospital? Go ahead. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, we agree tonight for that blood clot to be gone in the name of Jesus. Gone in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: You can Thank be Jesus. seated. I, I want to read a couple of scriptures here and then we'll we'll close. How many of you believe this word tonight is for you? Word tonight is for me. I was going through cleaning out some books and doing some things at home, and I ran across the book from 1990 of Oral Roberts, and it was Don't Give Up. And I started to read it. The pages are all yellow, and, and I thought, God, I think you had this book laying out there just for me. I'm reading that on Don't Give Up. No matter how much of the Word of God you ever experience, you will face situations and circumstances where, oh, not again, not again, another situation where I am standing on the Word, I'm believing what God said, I don't know what else to do, and all I hear is wait. And it'll make sense to you what I'm saying in just a moment. In Psalm 37, it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Could you say to your neighbor, I'm just resting in the Lord? I believe that some of you have things that you're standing and believing for that you've been standing for quite a while. <laughs> Can I see your hands if I'm talking to you? And, and, and there are a lot of things that are, are, are more detrimental if we don't see the breakthrough than others. In my life, in the current era that we're living in, the land and the building for this church has been something that I have just been disappointed, then I've been encouraged, then I've been disappointed, then I've allowed myself to be discouraged and all of those types of things. But I know what I'm hearing. How many of you know what you're hearing? You know what you're hearing. Nobody can tell you I didn't hear what I heard. I know what I heard. Whether or not it came from God or not is another thing, but I know what I heard. I know what I heard regarding the land and the building and pam just asked me the other day you know what are we doing as well i feel like i'm just supposed to wait seems like i've been waiting a long time how many of you seem like you've been waiting a long time for the breakthrough of what you're standing for and uh, someone gave me this scripture some time ago and and it's uh psalms thirty-seven, thirty-four. wait on the lord keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. Oh, I love that. He shall exalt you to inherit the land. And every time I pray, I hear the word, wait. I don't think that's the devil. I think that's God. But every time I hear that word, I would like to hear a little bit more. Like, uh, okay, God, I'll be happy to wait till June, (laughs) July. If you put a time frame on that, I feel like I can handle it. I can do that but there is no time frame there's no clock with god and what we have to do in every single one of our situations is just believe this if god said wait you only have one assignment wait and enter into rest and you may not be able to explain it and articulate it to anyone else but you know This is what God told me to do. And I say this to all the people that are here tonight that are believing for miracles, signs, wonders, breakthroughs, situations, families, whatever. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just enter into God's rest and say, I know what I heard. I'm resting in what I heard. Everything will work out in God's timing. I am not going to take the distraction of the care, I'm just going to enter into His rest. And when you study Hebrews chapter 4, honey, and I'm going to let you close it all out. Hebrews chapter 4, it said the reason the children of God did not enter the promised land was because they would not enter his rest. He told them what to do, he told them how he would do it. They would not take the word of God, mix it with faith, and rest in it and say, it's okay. We have to be able to do that in the midst of the storm. The midst of the trial, the midst of the tribulation, and say, everything is fine. God's got it all under control. I'm just going to enter into His rest.
0: And you know, it says um, in this is Second Timothy three, and of course that's where it says that we know that in the last days there will be perilous times. Goes on and to describe those times, but um, it says this. But you must continue. Everybody say continue you must continue verse 14 in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and then it says and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures that's what we have to learn the word of God which are able to make you wise everybody say wise see that's that's what that's what Eve really went after she wanted to be as wise as God We are as wise as God because we have the Holy Spirit in us, and the Bible says he'll show us whatever we need to know. Then it says, for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, all scripture, everybody say all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's the word of God that will equip us, the scriptures, what God said. And, uh, you know, we go through things um, that happen to us, and we may not understand why they happened. Uh, I was listening to a, a CD of Joel Osteen's today, and it said, all those things are called fertilizer. And fertilizer stinks. It's really just pooped. To be plain, it's manure that you put on plants. But when you put that on plants, they grow. We're supposed to grow out of every single thing that we face. We're not getting, we're not being sh- shrunk up in, and hiding out under a bush. We're becoming stronger. And all of that stuff that's been thrown on us, that's causing us to grow. Say, it's causing me to grow. And it's causing your faith to increase and causing your confidence to increase in God. When you put the Word of God in your heart and you begin to meditate it day and night, you'll become more confident, not arrogant, confident, amen, and courageous.
1: Let's all stand. Deuteronomy says that when we hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God and obey His commandments, that all of His blessings come upon us and overtake us. That is exactly what God's will is. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment?